Genesis chapter 50 and verse 15. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite all us all the evil which we did unto him. We have fast forwarded in the story of Joseph to the end or toward the end. And uh, we're going to jump back into the story at the beginning later. But we're reading and understanding that Joseph's father has now died, Israel, Jacob, and the brothers are worried because they caused Joseph a lot of trouble. So shall ye say to Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake to him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. It's a different tune now. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I am in for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. To bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. The brothers are basically repenting and asking for forgiveness for all the problems they had created for Joseph all the trouble they had made for him. And Joseph is now standing on the other side of all the trouble. He's saying, let me just tell you something. I'm not God. God had a purpose in all of this. You thought evil against me, but all the while that you were planning for my demise, God was planning for my good. And this is his plan, and this was his purpose, to bring to pass, as it is right now, to save much people alive. God, let me go through the junk I went through to position me to now stand in a place I can save you that caused me the trouble. I'm going to talk about your purpose has, your pain has purpose, excuse me. Your pain has purpose. Amen. We don't just go through life and situations just to hurt, but God has a plan for our pain. Lord, we thank you for this word today. We, God, thank you in advance for what you're going to speak, what you're going to impart to us today. I pray that hope is imparted, God. I pray that vision and purpose and understanding is revealed today in our lives and in our situations. We give you the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. Romans 8, 24. Very familiar portion of Scripture. Amen. But I'm going to read it anyhow because we can glean more understanding. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. When we, when we overlay this Scripture on top of the story of Joseph, Joseph had no idea... He just had a dream. He just had a glimpse 
that God was going to do something big in his life. He didn't understand the totality of it, but he hoped for it. But he didn't understand how it was all going to play out, and that's what he is saying here. Uh, We're saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. In other words, if God tells you it's going to be all right, then uh, between here and there, we need to understand it's going to be all right. Likewise, the Spirit, capital S, also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, the plan, the big picture, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Everything that happens to us is definitely not our will. But if it's the will of God, it's going to work out for our good. And we know, everyone say no. We know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. The Amplified says, verse 28, like this, amen. We are assured and know God is our partner and co-laborer. All things are fitting into a plan. Fitting into a plan. It means that you can't just camp on one event, one season of your life, one difficult place and say, this is my identity. No, it's just a piece that fits in a greater plan. It's fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are the called according to his design and purpose. What a powerful scripture, amen, to give us insight into how God thinks. Praise God. With this as the foundation, we're going back to Genesis chapter 50, amen, to understand that Joseph's situation, some of the things that allowed Joseph uh, to keep his focus and stay free from bitterness and resentfulness. Let me say that again. Joseph had a little glimpse that was to help him uh, stay free from getting bitter or resentful through the process of life uh, that he was going through. How in the world did Joseph go from favored to forsaken? Some of us think, well, we're favored. That means I'm not going to have any difficulty. The favor of God is on you. So that means I'm just going to be blessed and blessed and blessed and never experience a a low moment or a difficult place. But Joseph was favored, but he also found himself forsaken. He was the center of attention one moment and the center of accusation a few years later. He was a dreamer, but he found himself in a dungeon. Keep himself 
How in the world did he keep himself from getting jaded and bitter and retaliatory and focused on revenge? Can I tell you here today, it's very easy to slip into a mindset when you go through a difficult place to want to take revenge on a situation or a person or an event and get focused on getting even and keeping score. But amen, we would do ourselves a great favor if we would quit trying to keep score and trying to work things out ourselves uh, and simply just focus on pleasing God no matter what we're going through. The amazing thing I find as I read about Joseph is he did absolutely nothing wrong to deserve what happened to him. It's one thing to do something wrong. Amen. And, and bad things happen because we reap what we sow. And choices uh, sometimes bring an unfavorable result. But Joseph is simply just being Joseph, wearing his coat uh, that his dad gave him. Uh, and all of a sudden, his life starts turning upside down because brothers uh, got jealous of him and didn't like him. Don't expect everyone to like God's favor on your life. Don't expect it to go, amen, the way you think it might go just because God's favor is on your life. Sometimes we need to understand, amen, and I want to encourage somebody this morning to grasp this revelation. The anointing on your life is actually what attracts, amen, the attack. The anointing that's on you actually exposes you to the enemy's desire to take you out. Well, hallelujah. I think we need to stop looking at that situation as trouble that comes to us and start thinking of it as confirmation. It's a confirmation if you have trouble. Amen. We always think that trouble means that somehow God's against us and God has left us. Could it be that trouble means that God is with us? Hello? The storm came as they were in the middle of the sea, but Jesus gave them a word to go to the other side. What was under attack wasn't them, but the word of God that was upon them. Genesis 37, Joseph is 17 years old, feeding his father's flocks. Israel made J uh, Joseph a, a special coat of many colors, and because he loved Joseph more than his brothers, it says, because he was the child of his old age. And when his brothers saw their father love Joseph more, they hated him and couldn't even speak peaceably to him. You don't have to raise your hand, but have you ever been in a situation that people couldn't stand the blessing of God on your life. Couldn't hardly look at, look at you in the eye because the favor of God's on you. Hello. Amen. Joseph wasn't going around flaunting his coat. It was just the gift of God on him. It was the gift of his father. The gift of God is on you. Amen. You don't have to apologize for the gift of God being on your life. Joseph did nothing wrong wearing the clothes his father gave him. He was loved by his father. He was helping his brothers. 
But they didn't like it because he was favored, so they started hating on him. Amen. They got jealous of him, and they, they couldn't speak to him. On top of this already awkward situation, God gives Joseph a dream that really gave Joseph some trouble. He tells them the dream, and it's a dream that the, the typology is the brothers are going to bow before him, and his parents are going to kneel before him, and, and uh, it sets Joseph up for a lot more animosity between him and his brothers, and, uh, but really, I believe the dream was simply this. It was God uh, putting a seed form in, in Joseph's mind to let him know, uh, you're getting ready to go through some stuff. Uh, you're getting, getting ready to go through some trials, uh, but I'm going to give you a dream so that there's a picture in your mind that I'm never going to be finished with you no matter how difficult the way may get and how steep the trial may feel. Keep that dream in your mind that I got a purpose for you down line in your life. Amen. God will give you a snapshot. He's not giving you the whole picture. But he will give you a snapshot that God has a plan for your life. There's not a person in the sound of my, under the sound of my voice today that doesn't have a God-ordained master plan for your life. If you think that, that's a lie from the pit of hell. It's to get you to be hopeless. It's to get you to think, well, God's got plans for sister so-and-so, brother so this guy and that lady and this family. But God is saying to everyone in the house today, no, I've got a plan for every single one of you, and I've got a purpose that's bigger than you are, but I'm going to just let you know there's a process in achieving that fulfillment. Brothers have had enough. We're going to take care of the dreamer. So they devised a plan. You know the, if you know the plan, great. But if you don't know, understand that God has a plan, but so does the enemy. We don't fear the plan. We just understand that he always attacks destiny. He attacks anointing. Brothers had enough. They devised a plan, wanted to kill Joseph, but didn't want to hurt their father. So they stripped him of his coat, threw him in a pit, dipped his coat in blood, and presented it to their father, said that he was sold to a band of Ishmaelites headed to Egypt. And here's a Romans 8.28 moment. And we know that all things work together for the good. How could it be good that he was stripped of his coat, his identity, and put into a pit and sold into a band of Ishmaelites heading to Egypt. You want to know how it was good? God chose the Ishmaelites to be the vehicle to transport Joseph closer to his destiny. You see... All the while, we can look at our situation and our hurtful place and the thing that the devil has tried to bring to destroy us. Amen. And if we're not careful, we can get caught up in resisting and fighting that. And all the while, we need to be saying, God, I don't understand this, but I know. 
I don't understand why this, but I know that you're going to use this to, as a vehicle to take me closer to my destiny. If we would learn how to begin to thank God for our trials and our tough places uh, and our places that seem like uh, it's the enemy, amen, and it might be the enemy, but he doesn't even know that he's helping God transport you closer to your destiny. Every trial you go through, it's a fiery trial, yes, but think it not strange uh, because God is using that place uh, to transport you. Yeah, they were escorting. Got to be careful here who I pick on this one. Come here, Brother Ramirez. Situation comes, a difficult place, a test, a trial, something that you're like, Oh, my God, where in the world did this come from? I don't understand how God could allow this to happen. And what's really happening in the spirit realm, God has allowed a situation to come that looks bad, but it's really the thing that takes you by the arm and says, you got to get from here to there, but you're not going to get there without a little discomfort. So I'm going to stir up the nest through trouble and trial and pain, and I'm going to move you over here closer to your destiny. Amen. And I'm going to drop you off here for a little bit and you're going to start saying God I don't understand what you're up to but I want to thank you for this trial. I want to thank you for this difficult place because without it I would still be over there in the pit. Thank you. So God takes us and he escorts us. <laughs> Anybody ever been escorted? And you felt like it was trouble, but God said, oh, no, I sent a tuxedo wearing escort. It looks bad, but it's actually good. It looks bad. It looks painful, but it's actually filled with purpose. Even though it seemed to be in direct conflict with Joseph's dream. Wait a minute. I saw people bowing before me, and now I'm in this clankety band of Ishmaelites. There's a conflict here. I guess that dream was too much pizza last night. No. It's just not happening how you had it mapped out. Be careful not to lament your current circumstances. It might be the very thing that is escorting you to your destiny. Oh, I know. No, it couldn't be. It's too painful. It's too hard. It just doesn't feel right. Those same people sold Joseph this time when he gets into Egypt to Potiphar. Potiphar purchases Joseph. He's a slave. Hello? 
Now he's really questioning his dream. I'm not getting closer, I'm getting further. This is twice this has happened to me. God, if you were real, if this dream thing was real, certainly this could not be happening to me. And they sell him again, and Potiphar buys him. Well, guess who Potiphar is? He's the officer of Pharaoh. So what seemed like a demotion was actually a promotion. He's the captain of the guard. And here we see in the natural this twice-sold slave that was hated by his brothers. It says of him, but the Lord was with him. The Lord was with Joseph. He was not only with Joseph, but he was prospering Joseph even in the middle of his painful situation. Could it be that God knows how to prosper us and to be with us even in the very thing that if we could, we would change it? Outside of that thing, God would not be able to bless you to the, to the extent that he can bless you in the thing you don't like. Oh, I know it's a little quiet, and this is a little different, but trust me, God is saying to somebody in the house today, the thing you loathe right now, the season you think is worthless and painful, and why in the world, and where in the world is God, and why would he allow this? God is actually saying, if you'll look a little closer, understand that I have taken you, and what feels like a downward trend is really in the spirit and advancement. It's an elevated place. Look what it says about Joseph. Potiphar saw that God was with him. Potiphar could recognize that God's hand was on Joseph. He wasn't a spiritual man. He wasn't a God. He just recognized something's different about this man. Same thing his father recognized. Same thing his brothers recognized. And now he's in Potiphar's house, and he's there, and Potiphar saw God was with him. He promoted him over all of his goods, his business. And when he did, the Lord started blessing Potiphar's house because of Joseph. Joseph was in his own process of pain and his process of purpose, amen, and he was, he was not in his mind even close to where God could bless him. But because Joseph was in Potiphar's house, everything in Potiphar's house and field began to be blessed. <laughs> even in your pain, God says, I've got blessing. Even in your low point, I've got blessing that's going to overtake you. Mm. And we know that all things work together. How do we know? Because God said, his word says, well, all this good is lining up for Joseph. Another distraction to his destiny shows up. Stand up, Joseph. 
Joseph just gets his life looking like everything's starting to pan out. Well, I'm, 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 not, I'm not seeing people bow down to me, but at least I'm in a good place. I'm in Potiphar's house. He's trusted me, and I got my reputation sort of back in line, and, and everything's starting to, you know, kind of work out for me. And God sends another escort. This time it shows up as Potiphar's wife. And Potiphar's wife lies on Joseph and says, uh, uh, this man tried to lie with me. He tried to, he tried to abuse me. He tried to have a relationship with me. And so Potiphar's wife says, or excuse me, Potiphar says, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to have to take Joseph and we're going to have to take him to prison. So Potiphar's wife lies on Joseph, but really it's God saying, I got an escort showing up for you. I got a taxi. I got an Uber. I'm going to get you over to your next destiny. And so he takes him over to the prison house and he drops Joseph off. And he says, I know, Joseph, this might look like a demotion, but just trust me. There's purpose in your pain. And I'm going to show you that you're here on purpose and not accident. And that was just an event that I used to move you from your last place of destiny to your next place of destiny. Thank you. You see how it works? God, we're thinking another bad thing has happened. We're thinking, not again, a lie this time. And my reputation, no, Joseph just says, okay, whatever, amen, take me to the prison. And the Bible says that Joseph has such a good attitude and spirit uh, that even in his process of pain, uh, he begins to serve uh, and he begins to be useful. And the, the, the keeper of the prison looks on him and says, man, that guy right there could run this place. Could it be said of us in our trial and our pain that we have such a good attitude that the Lord allows us to be elevated even in our purpose and pain? I haven't gotten bitter. I haven't gotten all upset with God and haven't started cursing Potiphar and his wife and they lied on me and then no good for nothing, this and that. That's what our human nature wants to just complain, 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 blame. And the Lord's saying to us, stop blaming them. I'm the one that sent the escort. I'm the one that's allowing this stuff to happen because it's tied to your bigger picture destiny. So he's in prison, and he's, he's doing well. He's ruling the place. The Bible says the keeper of the prison trusted all the prisoners to Joseph. Joseph could have went in there and wreaked havoc and set them all free. But he was a man of character, and God was with him even in prison. Verse 21 says, the Lord was with Joseph. He showed him mercy, and he gave him favor, and the keeper of the prison committed all the prisoners to Joseph and didn't even check on Joseph because the Bible says the Lord was with him, and the Lord made him to prosper. Joseph was prospering in prison. Sounds like a New York Times bestseller. 
prospering in prison. Every time something positive happened to Joseph, hear me, that anointing seemed to attract more attacks. But because Joseph had a glimpse of his future and the bigger picture, he was able to keep it in perspective with a good attitude. What his enemies tried to use to bring him down, God turned it and used it every time. The same incident, he used it to give Joseph influence. Amen. Praise God. I'm thankful today that no matter what comes our way, if we'll keep our hearts submitted to God and if we can keep our spirit right, amen, even in the lowest points, uh, we can start viewing them as escorts into destiny versus detours into destruction. Amen. No person or circumstance could keep Joseph down. Why? Because God was with him. And he had the right spirit. God's with us, but if we have a bad spirit. Hello. God always has a bigger plan. And the reason Joseph was in prison wasn't revealed until after he was there. Wouldn't it be nice if God said, I'm going to put you in a prison, but this is why. <laughs> no, you just, the escort just takes you to prison. And you're like, okay, God, what's up? And God doesn't always say, this is what's up. He just lets some time go by and stuff starts playing out. And then you start putting pieces together and even then it's bigger than you're able to understand but the reason that he's in prison because there was two men there that he would get in contact with that was part of his destiny Joseph would have stayed at Potiphar's house, he would have never ended up in Pharaoh's house. So God says, I got to get you out of this place, put you in this place to get you to that place. Praise God. The prison was only there as a platform for Joseph's next promotion. To give him the opportunity for more influence. If Joseph remains in that house, he doesn't make it to the palace. Now, let's be real. Doesn't the prison seem like another step down? I mean, come on, you're going to the captain of the from the captain of the guard to the prison. Baker and the butler are there, and as you know, Joseph interprets their dreams. The butler's dream says that he would be restored. The baker's dream says that he will be executed. And so the butler ends up back in Pharaoh's palace. Uh, only one problem. He forgot who Joseph was. 
He forgot the person that God put there to use in his stead. So he forgets Joseph in prison and another great opportunity to get bitter comes. God, are you serious? I mean, really? I helped this guy get reinstated? And I'm forgotten? Two years? The reality was that he was not being punished. He was being preserved. You see, we don't understand this during our two-year stay in prison. But wouldn't it be wise of us to start thinking bigger than what we think and seeing things differently than what we perceive and seeing them through the lens of God who says, you know what, two years to you is a long time, but two years to me is just making the timing work out right. Two years to you is a waste. Two years to me is of worth. Because I'm letting things align so that when it's time, you're going to come out of this place and go right into a position that you would have never been able to take without my timing in your life. His spirit was troubled and no one in Egypt could interpret the dream Pharaoh has that dream, and the butler remembers, hey, there was this guy in prison. And this time, the escort, sorry, brother, I might as well do it the third time. This time, the escort doesn't show up as a lie. It shows up as another dream. And so, out of the prison, the dream The interpretation of the dream shows up and takes Joseph and says, hey, we're going to get you here to the place where I've been trying to get you the whole time, and I'm going to drop you off right here in the palace. I know it's been a long time, 13 years to be exact, and those last two, you've been over there wondering if I've forgotten about you, but I haven't forgotten about you. I've just been waiting on the right time to put you in position. And so the dream, the interpretation, escorts him to uh, Pharaoh's palace and drops him off and says, this is where the dream's going to be fulfilled. So he puts him in the palace... He's escorted to the palace by the interpretation of the dream. Amen. And the dream was this, seven years of plenty. There's going to be seven years of famine on the heels of that. Uh, And I'm positioning you, Joseph. Uh, I'm going to put all of this food under your control. And he's elevated within, uh, amen, uh, Pharaoh's uh, palace uh, to the second in command. Uh, The Bible says that Pharaoh takes his ring off. Uh, He takes his robe off. Uh, He does everything to elevate Joseph. He says, you're second in command. Only to me. You're going to ride in the second chariot, and the only thing you don't have access to is my throne. 
So let's just take a quick second to recap. He goes from, uh, amen, a dream. He goes from his dad giving him a coat of many colors. Uh, amen. He, his brothers get angry and jealous. Uh, they strip him. They lie on him. They put him in a pit. Uh, amen. They sell him into slavery. He gets sold again. He ends up in Potiphar's house. Uh, he gets lied on. He gets escorted from there to the prison. But then he goes from the prison, uh, amen, to the palace. Uh, amen. And so in 13 years, uh, there's been a whole lot of craziness going on in Joseph's life. Uh, but thank God he kept a right spirit. Uh, and he said, God, I don't understand what you're doing, but I'm going to trust you that you're doing it for my good. And I'm going to have a good attitude wherever I am. Sitting there as the overseer of Pharaoh's house, all of the land of Egypt. This is just something that stood out to me as a sampling of Joseph's character. You know what? A lot of us, we would have gotten in that seat and said, Payday is coming. Sarah, give me Potiphar's house. Sorry, you'll get that at lunch, maybe. <laughs> We're going to have justice served. About those lies you told on me that you know was a lie. We're going to set some things straight. And by the way, you forgetting me for two years when you could have gone and told the dream, I want to talk to you too. You're being relieved, relieved of your duties. But no, he understood. Those people were not the problem. They were a part of my purpose. And the reason I say that, I believe the Holy Ghost wants to help us. Stop keeping score and stop trying to go back and argue with your past. Let it be. And be content that God just sent messengers every time to promote you. That person without them, you would never be where you are today. So stop loathing the fact that God allowed a person to be involved. Uh, amen. And understand that God was the one taking you by the arm and escorting you and advancing you and promoting you and lifting you and building up platforms to use you. Amen. Because he had a plan that was bigger than you. Don't, don't make it through the process of pain only to get to a place that God wants to use you and then you start getting wrong motives. Start wanting to retaliate. Thank God. Just start thanking God. If you've ever been lied on, thank God for it. You've ever been mistreated, thank God for it. If somebody's ever put their thumb on you, thank God for it. If somebody's ever mistreated you some way, thank God. I'm not playing around. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. Don't 
loathe it. Don't hate it. Thank God for it. I wonder if we couldn't just thank God right now. I, I don't know what's, what the Holy Ghost is prompting your mind to, but could we just take a minute and thank God for the places you thought they were escorts of demotion. You thought they were going to bring you further away from, but God says, no, I was actually using that situation, amen, to help you along the way. Everyone can thank him for the promotion, but let's thank him for the pain. Thank him for the escorts. Thank him for the things that he has used to bring you along the way. Amen. Some sickness, some financial breakdown, some relational breakup. Amen. God has used it all to escort you to your purpose. You may not see it as that today, but understand there will be a day you'll look back and say, thank you, Lord. Without that, I would have never been where I am supposed to be. Oh, hey, katana moshatayanda. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that's, what, that's what you really do when you understand that it was for your good. It wasn't for your demise. It was for your good. And we know, we know, we know, and we know and we know. How can you say that, Paul? Because I know that looking back, I see now that that thing I hated and disapproved of and complained about was actually the thing that God was using to form his purpose in me, to form his nature in me, to cause me to become like him. I couldn't be like Christ without going through some denial and some betrayal and some nails and some thorns and some. Oh, the power of his resurrection. Hallelujah. Yes. But oh, what about the fellowship of his sufferings? Yeah. Yeah. The escort. The suffering. Think it not strange, the fiery trial, which is to try your faith as though some strange thing has happened to you. What in the world is going on in my life? God says, hey, just wait a minute. It hasn't come to take you down. It's came to take you over. It's come to take you through. Joseph loved God and was called according to his purpose. And all of these situations were turned and made to work for his good. Through a long chain of events, Joseph could no longer conceal his identity. He finally said to his servants, leave me. I've got to reveal myself to my brethren. In verse 2 and 3 of Genesis 45 is where Joseph revealed himself. And the Bible says he wept out loud. And he said, I'm Joseph, your brother. Don't be hard on yourself. 
That's how you know that you've made it to the place God wants you to be is when you can look at the stuff that you should hate and you say, hey, don't be hard on yourself. I understand your purpose in my life. Your purpose wasn't to take me down and to take me under. Your purpose was to lift me up and lift me over, to sit me in a seat that I sit in today. Don't be hard on yourself. God sent me before you to preserve our lives. There are five more years of famine when Joseph revealed himself to his brothers. Five is the number of grace. Joseph said, bring the family here. That's how they all ended up in Goshen. They were actually being blessed in a famine. Joseph said, you meant it for, for evil. God meant it for good to position me here so that we could all live. You know the purpose of your pain? Why your pain has great purpose is because God is trying to position you to be in a place where others can find life. He's not trying to hurt you. He's not trying to make our life hell on earth. He is simply trying to use things to position us spiritually so that hungry, starving people can be preserved, whether it be the lost or your future generations that you don't know about, should the Lord tarry. The Lord's positioning you in the house of God so that you will be in a place to distribute food, spiritual food, a heritage to pass on. Could we stand all across the house as the musicians come? Oh, the Holy Ghost is so rich in the house. Listen to this. Joseph's response to them in Genesis 50. And his brethren, his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. This is the fulfillment of the dream. Before Joseph dies, God allows him to see the fulfillment of his dream. And Joseph said to them, Fear not, for I am I in the place of God. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God was doing good. To bring to pass it as, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore, fear ye not. Listen to this. I will nourish you. I will nourish your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Joseph kept his spirit so free from the wrong spirit that he was able to look at the thing that 
spoke harshly and couldn't even speak kindly to him. And in the end, he was speaking kindly to those that could not speak kindly to him. Joseph said, my God is so sovereign. When you thought evil against me, he thought good. And he turned every bad intention, the pit, the slavery, the lie, the prison, the abandonment. And he made it work for my good so I could stand here today and bless you. He didn't get this revelation until just before he died and he saw his dream fulfilled. The reason for all the trouble? So lives could be preserved. So God could use your situation to help somebody else make it. It's not all about us. It's about the big picture. God has positioned us, church, in the last hour. And can I believe, speak prophetically, that some of the stuff the church has been through, not this local assembly, God has allowed the church to be positioned that in the last hour, in a famine time, He's going to send provision through the people who have kept their spirit right and are now positioned to feed the world, to keep them from perishing. I don't know who you are in the house, but if there's somebody here, some situation, that you would like to say, Lord, I've been misinterpreting this pain as something that has been demoting me and has been trying to take me out and all the while, you have been sending escort to me to bring me closer to my destiny. But I haven't recognized it for what it is. Is there anybody that would like to come and say, thank you, Lord, for my pain. Thank you for my situation. There's got to be a bigger picture that I may not be seeing. But I'm going to trust that all things are going to work together for my good. Because I love you. Because I love you.